0: Baja so all right love <laughs> I will talk about Baja forever but I'm gonna let you preach as you should as you should talk about Baja forever <laughs> hey uh super excited one heard uh, just uh one my wife just come plug it and just really talk about it once again obviously um a lot of you have signed up you've been hearing about this and we're so excited i think we have about 15 people registered to go uh we're trying to get to 20 we want to take 20 believe in god for 20 so if you have yet to sign up uh mike oh 30 okay okay 50 we'll take the whole church all right um uh, but uh we uh uh, Mike, Mike was talking to me about it. He's like, "Man, I heard about Mexico. You know, I, I heard it's kind of sketch down there. It's kind of dangerous." And I just told him, "When when you go to a nation to get something from the nation, that's when you're in trouble. But when you go to a nation to go and give something, that's when they start looking out for you. Um, because we're building houses for the community and those who don't have don't have homes. And so it's a it's super safe. We've been going for." I think about 15 years, and it's been, just been an incredible moment. Uh, You will love the tacos. The tacos there taste better in San Antonio. I don't know why. They just do. All right. Well, I digress. Everything production-wise is out the window this morning. We're just just a church. We're just a family. Everybody say, we're family. We're family. We're family in this place. You know, I know it's kind of hard with spotlights in a theater and coming in and the way that we do service and we want to really create an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to engage you in a real way uh, that would be transformational for your life and uh, that's our whole heart but I want to let you know that when you can just be family and you see one another and you ask the Holy Spirit to come and God starts to move that truly is transformational with our community will you have any transformation I'm going to tell you in isolation it's really hard to be transformed. It's really difficult that God has created us and has called us to be in a family, to be around one another. We had Freedom Weekend this weekend. Whoop! It was incredible. We we had Freedom Weekend, which basically means it's a life group that goes through our cr- Freedom curriculum. That he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Galatians five one. Somebody. And so if Christ came and he did what he said he was going to do and he died and he rose again and he has the power of life over death, don't you think he has a power over your situation? Come on, somebody. I feel like I'm getting a little serious, a little excited this morning for what God wants to do, for what he wants to share with us. So we got to pray for some people and lead them through some, some freedom and Just an incredible moment. People walking out, you know, maybe with down. uh, Their countenance was on them. It was low, but they walked out high. I pray that happens every Sunday for you. Every Sunday you come through these doors as you invite your friends and your family. Thank you for bringing your friends. I I see that. Yeah, thank you. Come on, somebody. Yeah, no one's clapping because the people not clapping are the ones who didn't bring any friends. I'm including one of those. But those who brought friends, we're so excited that you're checking us out this morning. It's great having you here. We really do enjoy you in this place, um, this spiritual family. We've been talking about promises and that God has promises for us. He has promises for his children. And this isn't a a self-help talk. It's not a talk to uh, be a prosperity gospel talk. But it's true that God has promises for you. Everybody say, God has promises for me. He has promises for you. And, and it's amazing how we can believe the most crazy things in the world. You know, you can believe all these crazy things like the Dallas Cowboys are going to go to the Super Bowl. That's crazy. You can believe these most ridiculous things. We don't have a hard time believing. I, I think 65% of those in our nation believe in aliens. 56% believe in Bigfoot. Look at your neighbor. That's either you or your neighbor believes in Bigfoot. I don't know which one it is. Y'all can talk about that at lunch. We don't have a hard time believing things, believing crazy, ridiculous moments in our life, believing these crazy, abstract, maybe realities, maybe sub-realities, maybe other dimensions or whatever it may be. We don't have a hard time with that. But what we do have a hard time is believing the promises of God for our life. I don't know why it's so easy to believe in aliens, but hard to believe that God has a promise for you. He has covenant for you. He has a relationship with you. There's three things that we've been discussing last week during our intro, this week during our intro, through our life groups. The first one is if you understand covenant You understand faith. You understand covenant, you understand faith. The covenant definition is this that we've been talking about. A relational agreement, a partnership toward a specific purpose, treated with the utmost commitment and respect. That there is this covenant relationship that God is a relational God. How many of you are glad that God's relational? That he didn't just make you and sit back with his arms crossed and hope that it all worked out as some deist. No, he's a God who's very involved in your life. He knows you. He knows your name. He knows what you're thinking about right now. Ooh, yes. He's, he, lunch. What's, what are we doing after this with the friend that I brought? He knows all those things. He knows what you are and who you are. And the second reality is this. Faith is your trust, your confidence in God. Your covenant partner with God. It's a trust. Faith is a trust that moves us into a confidence. Trusting Him. Trusting that He's a faithful partner. A true partner. That He's not going to negate His promises in His covenant. How many know in our culture, when promises are made and broken left and right, it's hard to believe a promise. The longer you live, sometimes the harder it is to believe a promise. My kids are quickly finding that out. I would tell them something at four, and then at nine, they realize, Dad, you are a liar. It's so true that this is what happens, but God is trustworthy. And the third thing is you receive a promise the same way you receive anything from God, and it's by faith. By faith. By faith, the covenant is agreed upon. By faith, The covenant is held by faith. We submit ourselves into that covenant. You have a promise. It moves you into a covenant, which moves you into receiving it by faith. And in Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, we read about one of the first covenants made to humanity. It's the Abrahamic covenant. It says in verse 1, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. God is making a covenant with Abram and he's saying, do not be afraid, but step into this. Believe that I will go before you. I will go around you. And as surely as I spoke, I will fulfill that promise. I will fulfill it. And this is exciting because as we read about the Abraham covenant, we read that this covenant is an umbrella covenant. It's a covenant that, that comes over not just Abraham and his family, but over me and over you. This covenant is coming over us. It's, it's around us. It's, it's for us. And this covenant is this, is that I will be your God and you will be my people. I love to be God's people. Don't you love being God's people? It's like, man, I love being God's people. We could be some other people. We could associate with some other religion, some other little G God, some other falsehood or idolatry. But no, we, we get to be the people of the, the living God, the massive God, the large God, the God who created all things, who always was who is and will always be the infinite god is the god that we get to be the people of. I'm so grateful for that. Because in his goodness and in, in his greatness and in, in his deity that we get to be known by him. Known by him. We get to fall under this umbrella covenant The whole point of this message today, the sermon today, is that this promise, this covenant is for you. As God made it to Abraham, he's making it to you. He's forwarding you the same promise. He's forwarding it to you. But we sure are skeptical sometimes, aren't we? We're we're negative. Maybe not you. Maybe the person you came with. We're negative, we're cynics, we're skeptical, we're, we're always questioning anything because we see broken institutions, we see Enron uh, falling apart and taking pensions and wiping away, therefore we'll be loyal to no company. We see these family units where a mom and a dad and they made a covenant there on the altar and they broke it and it's severed and, and we're just cynical. How many of you know somebody just got engaged and you're like, Psh, it's not going to last? Out oh, they're never going to work out. I give them a year tops. We just move into the darkness of our souls so quickly. It's why it's so hard to keep these promises and believe that God is a covenant God for you. You see, when we live in brokenness, it's all this negativity. And, and how many of you know that for every negative word spoken... You need four positive words to counteract that negative word. So when you, when you think about yourself and everything that you said in the mirror to yourself, that outfit doesn't look good. That hair doesn't look good. Those don't look good. I'm not smart. I don't even know how to drive. No one knows how to drive. This city is full of awful drivers. Is it just me? Is that the negative? Like, that's my negative talk. But for every four things you have for everything, you have to have the rule of four. You have to have four positive things spoken four positive things. It's it's hard for us. It's hard for us to have belief. It's hard for us to have faith. That's why you showed up this morning, you showed up this morning because you need a little more faith. I need to believe God is for me, not against me, just a little bit more today. Because when I was out there in my work week and my nine to five, is it even a nine to five anymore work at home? I mean, it's not really. I don't even know what you call it. But the work at home life and I was I was there when I was doing all this stuff. There's all this negative pressure that comes against us. Am I the only one? I mean, I, I feel like it's just toxic. And yet unbelief is so easy but belief whoo, to believe God's best for your life you'll hear this sermon and then your waiter will spit in your food or something like that and you'll forget this sermon so quickly belief faith believing God is true his promises are true and when there is a promise made usually there's a gift made with the promise how many know that's true When I committed to Brandy and she was going to be my wife for life and I asked her to marry me, I gave her a gift. You know, that gift, it it was it was expensive. I remember that gift was the cost of a car. In fact, I sold a car just to buy that ring. And, And I bought that ring because this promise that I made matters. And so I'm given a gift. To show that, and this is what they did in the ancient world: is with this covenant, this promise to God, there was a gift exchanged, and there was this moment where they would offer an animal sacrifice, the best of their livestock, the best one without blemish. It's like, why are we we giving that livestock? Let's give something, uh, maybe some bad fruit. Let's give maybe something with blemish. We actually need that one to keep producing, right? But they gave their best to remember this covenant. The best was one shed in blood. This was what was happening. And even our best gift was not quite enough, was it? Even our best gift was not quite enough. In fact, we will see this in Romans chapter 3 as we begin to get into Romans chapter 4 this morning Paul is is making a case of how to relate to God and he's talking to the church in Rome and he's encouraging them and he's sending them this letter. And he's talking about how there is no one righteous, no, not even one, that none of your good works will, will matter. It won't be, it won't save you. It's not enough. Romans 3 saying we all fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short of his standard of goodness. And if you stop at chapter 3, you're going to leave pretty depressed this morning. But in chapter 4, he reminds us of this great covenant that he made with Abraham. And if it's for Abraham, he continues it to us in verse 16. Let's read. Therefore, the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. Not only to those who are of the law, but to all those who have faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all we see in this moment the the faith that Abraham had was passed down to his offspring and that faith is the faith that we need for resurrection life verse 17 as it is written i have made you a father of many nations he is our father in the sight of god in whom he believed the god who gives life to the dead and calls into beings things that were not he speaks Life into dead things. He causes dry bones to come and to live again. He has the power to do that. This is the covenant that he's making with Abraham. And in verse 18, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so so shall your offspring be. Verse 19 Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about 100 years old... And that Sarah's womb was also dead. God made a promise that you were going to be the father of many nations. I'm going to be your father. I'm going to be your God. You will be my people. I'm going to give you an inheritance. Look up at the stars. You see the number of stars? That's going to be your inheritance. You're going to have that many people, that many descendants under you who believe this promise. And yet he's 100 years old and no child. How could it be but by faith? By faith, he believed this covenant. He believed this promise. And in verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. He had unwavering faith, and he was strengthened in his faith. This is what Abraham models. This is the kind of faith, the kind of belief that walks into a promise of God. An unwavering faith and a strengthening faith that he would move in that way. And this is what he's called us to do as well. But, Pastor, I've been wavering. Oh, I feel weak right now, Pastor. I feel weak. It's amazing as Abraham walked this out, and as he saw the stars every night, he remembered God's promise. This is important for us. It's why we write down what God has promised us. It's why we remember that God has called us by name and called us to himself, because you need something to remind yourself of his great covenant, of his great promise. You need to be reminded of it, and it helps us along the journey. Abraham. Believe God's promise. He has a son at the old age of 100. Isaac is born, and then God asks for his son to be sacrificed. We went into this story a few weeks ago, but, but we know the story is Abraham went up. And he went up to the mountain with his son. And there he was. He was going to sacrifice the very promise, the very covenant, the, the, the moment. He was going to sacrifice it right there because God said so. And when he drew back the knife to take the promise away, to begin to kill his son, God said, stop. Stop. And he provides a ram in the thicket. He provides a sacrifice for that moment so he unbinds his son and they they end up sacrificing that ram how did abraham have so much faith to take his son to sacrifice him on a mountain when it was the promise you see abraham had a faith that believed the dead could be raised Abraham had a faith that even if I kill my son, God has the power to raise him up. If he can give this son to a dead womb, he can give this son a a life once again. This is called resurrection faith. It's the faith that you and I have when we look at God and his promises. When when we look at what God has promised and what he has given, you see, instead of a ram in the thicket, instead of Isaac, uh, this earthly son, God sends his own son, Jesus, and he lives this life perfectly, holy. It was God's best without blemish. Why would you give your best? Because the best seals the promise. Sends his only son. His only son gives his life. And there he is, slaughtered on a hill, on an altar. And what happens? God gives resurrection faith. And he begins to raise him up from the dead. And Jesus lives. And it brings hope to us that although I'm dead in my sin, placing my faith and trust in Jesus says, I may be dead, but I'm alive in Christ. Resurrection faith, faith to believe, faith to believe that his covenant is true, faith to believe that this promise extends to you and me. Faith. I know that we're all going to be tested with our faith, aren't we? Every day feels like a trial, a test. Every day there's good, there comes these doubts or insecurities or things spoken against us to, to see, okay, do you really believe the promise? So how do we build this faith to receive God's promise? I want to give you four things this morning. The first one is this, stay rooted in God's word. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Stay rooted in God's word. You know, God made the promise to Abraham. And when he looked up at the stars every night, he remembered the covenant. I would love for you to pick up your Bible right now. Whatever it is. Is it your phone? Is it is it did you bring a paper Bible? Does anybody make paper Bibles anymore? Okay, I'm just kidding. All right, Pastor Austin has one. He's more holy. He's preaching next week. Okay. Hold it up. Hold it up. Now look at it. That is your star. These are your stars. This is... To remind us that God is who he says he is. He's a covenant God. He is going to do what he said he's going to do. These are the stars that we look at. This is the covenant that's remembered. If you are wavering in truth. If you're wavering from your faith. Take up your Bible. Look at it. Read it. Remember the promises. Remember that he did it before. He will do it again. Come on church. This is what he does. This is what he does. The second thing is this, challenge negative thoughts and unbelief. Challenge them. I was talking to a guy the other day. He's like, you know, I just just go through life waiting for life to happen. Whatever God wants to give me, he'll give me. And I was like, what? Where do you see that in the Bible? There's all these moments of going after God, pursuing God, pursuing relationship, I mean, good luck taking that into your marriage. I mean, you know, if my wife wants this, you know, <laughs> she knows where to find me on the lazy boy while I'm watching TV. Good luck with that. It's pursuit, it's act of pursuit. You know this. You're in university right now, you're pursuing a degree, you're wherever it is. I'm not talking about pursuing your salvation. I'm talking about pursuing the relationship that salvation has made possible for you. Pursue him. So challenge these negative thoughts. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says this. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Thank goodness. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive. Everybody say captive. Every thought. Everybody say every. Every. Thought to make it obedient to christ take it captive here's what's not taking it captive is when you start thinking the negative thought you start ruminating on it you start thinking about it oh my wife she's always complaining never happy never happy Oh, I get her this, and then she doesn't like it, and then I do this, and she doesn't like it. Never good enough. Never good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Ah, oh, why am I even married? Maybe I'd be better married to somebody else. Maybe I should have married that one person a long time ago. Maybe that. Maybe I could DM her on Facebook. Maybe I could DM her on Instagram. I don't know what you use these days. Maybe Snapchat, chat, whatever it is, and... Maybe I could do that. Maybe I could see what she looks like. Maybe I could do that. Oh man, here's my wife again. Oh, never good enough. Never good enough. Oh, I can't believe it. Oh man, how can I love God when my wife is always like this nagging? This isn't Brandy by the way. I'm just saying, this is how it starts. And then you start ruminating, start chewing it and you start moving. It's like a cow who chews cud is never satisfied. A washing machine that would just keep going but never get the clothes clean. You would just start ruminating it and it produces nothing. there's no good that comes from it no not one thing good comes from it but yet you let it go and the lord would say take it captive take it captive quit the self talk start participating in god talk believe that god is enough ooh Man, I left the dishes dirty again. Man, I love my wife. Woo, she's so gracious to me. she give me another chance. Lord, that's the woman that I have covenant with. That's the woman that you brought me to. That's the woman I sold a car for. That's the woman I'm going to lay down my life for. That's the woman if a bullet comes, I'm getting in the way. That's the woman that I'm going to do everything I can to make sure... That The crown of her head is glorious, and that it's shining, and that when she walks into a room, everybody sees how awesome she is, because all I'm doing is throwing up prayers. All I'm doing is throwing up praise. Thank you, Jesus, for that promise. Thank you for what you're doing, and it's all so this. God, you know what? Uh, the, the enemy comes, and he brings this doubt. Uh, you're not really saved. You don't really love Jesus. You don't really know him. You, you're a bad Christian. Remember that you cut that person off on the road. You looked at that thing last night. You're just not worthy. He say no I am worthy I am set in high places I am seated there I am known my name's known God knows me he's called me he's loved me this covenant is never ending this promise is true it's not just for Abraham it's an umbrella covenant it covers me I'm in this covenant I am part of that legacy I am a part of that hall of faith I am going to be in glory with God I am going to bring the kingdom to earth I am going to love the way that he's called me love I'm going to down my life the way he's called me lay down my life I'm gonna look at the best in people and not the worst in people I'm gonna share the gospel whenever I can I'm going to be Jesus because Jesus knows my name this is what he is the third thing keep a careful watch over your words Keep watching those words. Yes, our thoughts, but watch the words. Watch the things that come out of your mouth. I'm not talking about the cultural mores of of what what is bad language and what is good language. I'm not talking about this, this legalism. I'm talking about words that produce life or words that produce death. What are you speaking? And lastly, stay connected to people who regularly take faith steps. You are comprised of your five closest friends? Your makeup is the people you hang out with the most. Are those people life-giving or are they toxic? And I'm not saying just write them off, but I'm saying if you only have toxic friendships... they're constantly bringing you down if they're talking negatively to you if they're talking bad to you get around some people who speak life in you the word in you the gospel in you i've been I'm, i'm going to go here real quick because i've been i've been i've been very passionate about this but i've been listening to some talks and and this is studied, and uh, what we see is this, is that um, my my son is on the spectrum, and so if you're on the spectrum, oftentimes you will fixate, Uh, you fixate. He has the greatest Lego collection I've ever seen. The greatest Hot Wheel collection known to man. There are more Hot Wheels than I ever knew existed. He fixates. And that's a great thing. Because when you fixate on God. And his goodness and his glory. Things begin to show up. And it just becomes pure. But what happens is. Culture will start stepping in. And moving into people on the spectrum. And they'll start saying a different thing than what God designed. What God has spoke. So I know Several people on the spectrum who started getting into some cultural uh, discrepancies. And the people who transition most in the transgender community are people on the spectrum. Transition and transgender. I'm not going political. I'm just saying... This is what happens when culture gets out. When negative things happen and start questioning your identity and how God made you and your very makeup. Starts moving you into dysphoria. You start moving into a place where you're questioning your very identity and how God made you. And it's toxic. Not just with that, it's toxic in everything. It's toxic in the people you're around and and whether you're seeing God's best for your life or it's always God's worst. Friendships matter. The people you hang out with matter. The things that you read matter. The word that you look at matters. This covenant matters. It matters for us in in this life. church we can't be compromised we have to go after God's promises and we're on a mission on a mission to love people the way Jesus loved them I I want my son to know Jesus like I know him a relational father who loves me and is for me I want my son's identity to be shaped by God and not by circumstance, not by culture. I want him to be shaped by God. And honestly, if I could be honest, I want that for you. I don't want you to fall into my mold for you or the way that I should make you or the way that I should speak into you. I want God To make you, I want God's promise for you to be realized in a whole new way that you are His people. He paid the price for you so that you could have life and life to the full. This is what we're going after it's kingdom culture, covenant promises a God-sized heart for the whole that's in our own. Fill it. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes this morning. Jesus, we need you. So many things keeping us from your promises. Your promise that we are your children. Children your children your sons your daughters we are yours (laughs) we are not even our own necessarily we're yours yours have your way in us renew us shape us and any toxic thought or belief that is in our eyes would you just come right now and that you would sever the lie of the enemy break strongholds break bondage break lies and bring renewed thought thoughts that are lovely thoughts that are pure thoughts that are set on you thoughts that are are from the kingdom of god in heaven so we can live this life confidently. I boast not in myself, but our boasting will be in the Lord. God, come to your children. Bless them. Touch them. In Jesus' name.